This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, your sous chef, Frank Proctor, uh, alongside Charlie, who's in the studio, and uh, all set to rock and roll uh, on this Thanksgiving uh, long gorgeous, holiday weekend. Gorgeous weekend. Yeah, yeah. So you got a nice day planned tomorrow, huh? I have a whole family? Exactly. Well, I'm planning on my brother doing the planning, actually. Oh, We're really? Thanksgiving at my brother's house. And um, yeah, he's You're in charge of what? Pies. He's in uh, charge of turkey. I'm in charge of pies. What's Dolly in charge of? Uh, pretty Dolly, well everything? Stuffing. And pretty, oh, stu- <laughs> and pretty well everything. She makes the stuffing. Dolly, I want to tell you, she rolled her eyes when she said that. No, no, no. My mom makes amazing <laughs> yeah? stuffing, particularly after oh. what you were saying, your, your sister-in-law. Don't. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. We won't go there. Don't go there. Somebody might Getting hear us. in trouble. We're on yeah. air, aren't we? <laughs> Dye makes terrific uh, my, d- uh, dressing. Oh. My mother's uh, recipe was actually put on paper with top secret written all across <laughs> it by my father because but, it's such an amazing There is nothing better than having some of that turkey left over and you keep it in the fridge and you can oh. nibble on it for days and oh, days. I oh, I love leftover turkey. I love, good love, stuff. love turkey. Yep, hot, absolutely. Cold, well, we fresh, hope everybody's going to have a wonderful uh, long holiday weekend and uh, turkey and all the rest that goes with it. That's right. And um, um, I have a big load of soil sitting on my driveway right now. A couple of yards was delivered. I'm busy. I'm busy. I don't want your uh, oh. help. <laughs> Oh, you've got guys lined I've up, have you? I've got the young men set up uh, to do this, huh. assuming they get out of bed. I'll uh, feed them some breakfast and uh, or lunch. You and I would call it lunch. <laughs> they would call it breakfast. And then they're on uh, soil dispersing duty this afternoon. What a dirty job, but someone's got to do exactly, it. Exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah, they want to earn money. <laughs> it's, all, right. it's all about the cash. <laughs> They're not hey, doing it for, out of the goodness of their hearts. Forgot me. to mention, though, this is the Garden Show. Really? And Yeah, and we mm. actually talk to the listeners, and mm. uh, they ask you questions. And and they sometimes have answers to other people's questions. Absolutely. I love that. That's yeah. the best. But they got another phone numbers, Charlie. Ah, good right? point. So if you live in Toronto, the phone number is this. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. We'll be talking to our listeners in just a moment. But usually you have a raft of items you like to mention, right? Well spoken. I definitely have a raft. <laughs> well. okay. Oh, and... Call early, call often. One question per call. Otherwise, uh, Constable Proctor. Yes, and Patrolman, Patrolman Proctor. Proctor. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. All right, so <laughs> things to mark on your calendar. Monday, October 17th, I will be in Oshawa at the Oshawa Garden Club presenting The Big Freeze, 7.30 p.m. In, at the St. George's Ukrainian Heritage Center. What, do you hand everybody an ice cube? What, what goes on there, The Big Freeze? <laughs> the Big Freeze. It's referring to the garden, dear. Oh, 
Meanwhile, okay. the Lakefield Horticultural Society is pleased to announce the speaker for their next meeting is Kathy Duick from Greens Up Ecology Park, and she'll be speaking on preparing your garden and your soil for winter. All right, so that's a better title. It, it says you, it better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's on Tuesday, October 11th, 7.30 p.m. at the Marshland Center in Lakefield. For more information, www.lakefieldhort.org. Also, Tuesday, October 11th, Scarborough Garden Society is meeting at 7.30 p.m. for their general meeting and a free lecture on, guess what, fall, winter gardening, easy to make, cold frames, and much more by Kyla Dixon-Muir. She's backed by popular demand at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Guests are always welcome and refreshments are included. Now, the Burlington Hort Society is having their monthly gardening meeting on Wednesday, October 12th. So there's a lot going Boy, on. Yeah, busy week. Also at 7.30 p.m. Speaker is Kathy. Now, they sent it to me as Kathy Korsma, but I'm sure her name is Kathy Cosma. I'm pretty sure. Kathy Cosma, she's currently a member and the past chair of the Toronto Beekeepers Co-op. The topic she's speaking on is the importance of being. Well, there'd be a lot of buzz at the meeting about that, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. The location is the Burlington Senior Centre, 2285 New Street. Again, more information, Mm. www.burlingtonhs.com. So burlingtonhortsociety.com. Charlie didn't get enough sleep last night, so you're going to have to bear with her today, folks. I was up too late. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know why. I was was making pie crusts. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway. That's a good excuse. (laughs) (laughs) October the 14th. I did mention this last week. David Tarrant will be at the Noel Ryan Auditorium in Mississauga. He's presenting the magnificent abundance, the gardens and wildflowers of San Miguel de Allende. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be very cool. Uh, he's um, got probably lots of great photos, etc., because he now lives there in Mexico and gardens in this gorgeous location. And that is a fundraiser uh, for the... Who's a fundraising for? I'm not sure. Oh, yes. Proceeds are going to the Riverwood Conservancy. So it is a $20 admission. More info, www.applewoodgardenclub.org. Okay, so one more quick thing. This weekend, today, tomorrow, Monday, the Hamilton Pumpkin Fest is going on. Well, isn't that great? At RBG. Now, this is a, a big deal. It's a lot of fun. It's all day, 10 till 6, weather permitting. Well, of course, weather is definitely permitting. It's all about pony rides, kids' fun zones, hay rides, farmer's market. Face painting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Big pumpkin patch, haunted maze, all kinds of fun stuff for the kids, for the family. Weather is with you. Definitely, if you can fit this in, go for it. All day, like I say, today, tomorrow, and actually... Looks like it's on a couple of weekends right through to the end of October. So all day, 10 till 6 at RBG in the Arboretum. Good stuff. Hey, give us a call here at The Garden Show. Uh, talk to Charlie Dobbin. She will answer or at least attempt to answer <laughs> your questions Thanks. about your garden or whatever you got going there at home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, David Gaskin, our producer, is... Uh, uh, well, actually, uh, I saw him blush moments ago when he, <laughs> he typed in the first message, and uh, it was from a lady who's asking about naked uh, bulbs. Naked, naked lady. lady bulbs, yeah. <laughs> and he was actually blushing when he was typing this. But we'll get back to that Sweet. in just a couple of moments. <laughs> there are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. 
And Frank Proctor alongside the uh, cohort, or the uh, sous chef properly uh, termed. Yeah. We're, we're going on a little <laughs> trip to Dundas to say hi to Brenda and talk about this naked lady bulb situation. Mm. <laughs> hi, Brenda. Good morning. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Well, David, he didn't, he didn't, sorry, he needn't blush. Just flowers. <laughs> oh, that's okay then. <laughs> and yesterday my friend pointed these out to me and I thought they were crocuses. And she said, no, they're called naked ladies. And the bulbs, they come up in the spring with leaves, mm-hmm. die back. In the fall, they just have flowers without leaves, hence right. the name. And I'm wondering, Charlie, what is the botanical name and could I buy them somewhere? You know where I'd probably look for something like that would be from a company called Garden Imports. Garden Imports. And uh, what it is, okay, there's a couple of different plants. It could be a couple of different plants. Uh, One is uh, Amaryllis belladonna. Amaryllis. Or belladonna lily. Donna Lily. Okay. So, and of course, we know um, the amaryllis we grow indoors at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> same idea, except this one is commonly called, it's it's same genus, different species, uh, commonly called naked lady because, as you say, it's leaves in the spring, then the leaves disappear, and then later, after two months of dormancy, flower stem emerges, and mm. all of a sudden you got these beautiful, fragrant pink flowers. Mm. But when you said you thought it was a crocus, how tall were the ones you saw? Were they Very little? Very small, about the size of a crocus. Okay, so... Down, down on the ground mm. uh, in a great big mass. Hmm. Mm. I wonder if that could... Well, okay, so what we typically think of as, as naked lady does grow quite a bit taller than that. It grows closer mm. to a meter tall. Like, it's a tall plant. No. Not no, a short no, plant. At ground level. And... Yeah. Uh, I think I should go back to the house where I saw them and knock on the door and ask the owner. Yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't shoot me. <laughs> well, and the, okay, so there's, oh, oh, well, okay, now Colchisum autumnal, which is the fall uh, crocus, could Sorry, be... What, what was that name again? Okay, there is a crocus that grows in the fall. Uh-huh. It is called, it's called Colchisum. Can you spell that? C-O-L. C-O-L. C-H. C-A. Uh, C-H. So colchisum, C-U-M. C-U-M, all right. Okay, so that's a fall-blooming crocus. Mm-hmm. And it could be that that's what you saw, if it was yeah. very short, because that yeah. is a very low-growing, again, pink flowers, but very low-growing plant. Right, that sounds like it is called... Can you, yeah. Can you say that one more time? Colchisum. Colchisum, Yeah, you. Yeah, and that's likely what you saw, because they, and this, they do the exact same thing. Uh, spring. Can we, can we buy the bulbs here in Ontario anyway? Yeah, I mean, um, you oh. should, a good garden centre, I mean, right now is the time to buy any of those bulbs. Okay. Certainly uh, the hardy bulbs, particularly, because they are planted typically in the fall to be out all winter and then bloom next year at whatever point, whether they bloom okay. spring, summer, or, or next fall. So any good garden center, you're in Dundas. Yeah. Um, I mean, Terra greenhouses could we'll have a such a thing. Yeah, exactly. You've got lots of good uh, garden mm-hmm. centers around. And otherwise, on the on the internet, look, at, look for garden imports. They, okay. I'm sure that, that. Dougal will have something up his sleeve there. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Brenda. Thanks for your call. Thank you. 9-17 here on a Saturday morning. Naked lady bulbs. Yeah, yeah. Pretty nifty name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, now, Carrie in Kitchener's on the line. Hi, Carrie. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Great. Good morning. Fine. Good morning. I have this plant that has totally stumped me. I can't locate any information. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know how to pronounce it. Is it Acmea? I'm not sure. A E C 
C-H-M-E-A. Oh, C-H. A-E. A-E. Yes, okay, so I got C-H-M-E-A. It looks like it's from China or Oriental, some sort. <laughs> I picked it up at Home Depot, and they're, I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, anything we sell here, go on our website, and you can check it out. Oh, right, except for yeah, that. It's me, so it's like, okay, fine. But it doesn't have a Home Depot code on it, and hmm. I can't find, I didn't realize it was a potted plant. So I put it outside, and now it's, excuse me. <laughs> no problem. Um, all of a sudden, it's got um, two little shoots coming out. So it's like, can I just take this in and plant it inside in a pot? Or Well, I wonder, oh, I know what you've got. Okay, and it's, uh, yeah, because I was just doing a mental, you know, blank it's on that. I've got one flower up the middle, okay. big leaves. Yes, and the leaves are silver or green? Um, They're Kind of both. They're green with silver tinge kind of in them. Right, okay. And, and flowers pointed. Yeah, it's, no, they're lovely plant. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's actually the, the pineapple family. It's a bromeliad is the, uh, is the actual family. So the oh. way we grow, they, where they naturally are found and where they're native to are the subtropical rainforests. And okay. they have virtually no roots to speak of. Tiny, tiny little bit of a root system. But as you point out, it's, it's almost like a, in the form of a pitcher or a rosette of leaves. Yeah. And the way they get water is they catch rainwater in the center of the plant. And right. that, that's how they absorb all their nutrients is through the rainwater that sits in the center. Most plants, we don't usually fill the center of the plant up with water because they would rot. But in the case yeah. of this plant, that's exactly how you water them. Don't even waste your time watering the soil. Just make sure the little center always has water in it. Okay. And do make sure that the water you put in there is not cold, like straight out of the tap, and preferably right. is water that has sat out for a day or two just to try and have fewer, you know, sort of extra salts, like fluorines and chlorines and things in there. We, you want to have a clean, like rainwater is really what you want. If you have a rain barrel, bring some of that water in to water uh, your acmea. And that, the flower will do just what you said. It'll come right up through the center, uh, and it will take a very long time for that flower to reach its you know, sort of beauty, and it lasts for months. Those flowers last for four, five, six months. So now, if I, it obviously now would be a good time to dig it up. It shouldn't leave it out over the winter, correct? correct? It will not survive outside. And then, does this flower eventually disappear, or should I leave it out inside where there's sunlight throughout the winter? Yes, or? what I would do, it's, it, what you want to do is dig it up, get it into a pot with some good potting soil, and okay. bring it inside, put it in a sunny location, preferably a south-facing window or west-facing windowsill. Lots okay. of sun. As I say, continue to, to keep it moist in the center and just allow it to do this whole flowering thing. It will take a number of months for that flower to come up, be beautiful, and die down. It sounds like the dig-up process would be pretty easy. You were saying yeah, a very, very short root not system. Not much of a root yeah. system, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. So this, this flower then will die off in the winter and come back up in the summer then? No, that once that that plant flowers, that plant will die. But, oh, okay. But, I know, Frank just got Why this real sad look you know? on his face. Well, the way it works is that <laughs> yeah. the mother plant, which is the plant you have there now, will die, but daughters will grow from the sides down at ground level. You'll see all of a sudden, you'll see all these little shoots come out that'll be more little rosettes of leaves. And it's actually doing that now, and the 
the one looks like it's got like a little tiny flower bulb coming up. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful because yeah, you can end up with four or five plants in one pot. No, would you cut all, those off? And, all blooming. And, uh, well, for starters, or? yeah, ultimately you will. But okay. for now, I would just lift the whole thing as it is and get it into a pot. But no question, you can sever the daughters from the mother and set up four or five pots, whatever works for you. Sounds like we should expect okay. a call again from you in about four months' time uh, to find out what the heck you do with it now. Help me. <laughs> no, it's great. It's a really pretty plant and easy to grow, as you said, as you know, they've indicated. So, yep, uh, enjoy okay. that. Perfect. Th- thank you very much, Carrie. Thank you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And, and the same too. to you and yours. And uh, you are Bye. with Goodbye Bye-bye. Now, uh, AM 740, Zoomer Radio. It's the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, who is busy right now as I speak, doing her exercises. It's a good thing, calisthenic too. time. Those Got young it. guys might not get all that soil done. Say. You're going to have to do it. I'll be, you know, <laughs> I, the whip, you know, I need to yeah. be in good shape to get that whip going. So staying pain-free, staying active, and obviously pain-free is important to me. When I'm out in the garden, when the, whether I'm shoveling dirt or whipping the boys, one way or the other, I don't want to be hurting. Sounds like quite the party. Uh, exactly. So <laughs> I take something called Sierra Sill, which is a mineral supplement from the Sierra Mountains. Uh, it's, the company is based in Vancouver. Uh, they're always there to answer your questions if you want to give them a call. They will send you uh, Sierra Sill if you want to try it. They don't say it works for everybody, but they, they say it works for most people and within 14 days you will feel better uh, if you have any kind of sore joints or um, you know arthritis that sort of thing hence the name joint 14 yeah, yeah. Right. so the phone number is very simple for that mm-hmm. reason it's one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them out on the web sierrasill.ca and you can get the, the pills at any of the good uh, local health food stores like the big carrot uh, here in Toronto or nature's emporium in Newmarket there you go yeah say she's down to earth and that's usually where you'll find her welcome back to the am 740 garden show with charlie dobbin keep that picture firmly in your mind charlie dobbin crawling along her front lawn with the wine bag uh, <laughs> weeding doing whatever as long as she has the wine bag she's the wine happy bag. yeah the wine bag or the whip one or the other right? <laughs> <laughs> i don't want those boys uh, having any of my wine in there today uh, they heavens. won't get any work done so. that's right oh. now before we just quickly check in with our next caller that's mm-hmm. coming up in a moment uh we do you do receive a lot of emails and uh, sometimes we just don't get to them often enough so let's deal with one of your emails uh, charlie all righty this one's from Diane Secord, and she writes about daylily roots. Mm. And the reason, this is a timely email, so thanks for sending this, Diane. Her question is, she purchased daylily roots. They would have mm-hmm. been dormant, little sort of dried up roots in a bag, in a package, that she didn't get around to planting. So she probably purchased them back in, you know, April, May, or June. She wonders, could I still plant them this fall, and what precautions should I take when planting? So bottom line, whenever you buy something and then you forget, <laughs> and there's a dormant plant like the daylily, go back to that package, Diane, feel it. Is, is there any heft to the plant? If the plant is dead, it'll be just dried right up and light as dust. And if that's the case, then it's common post. Or the other thing is that there was moisture in there and it rotted and it could just be mush. And again, it's compost. But if there is a little bit of weight to the bag and it feels like there's some life, you know, almost like an onion, you know, Mm -hmm. has some, not as heavy as an onion, but just feeling like there's some, you know, fleshiness to that root. 
meaning there's some life in it. What I would do is I would soak it for starters. I'd just put it in room temperature water, even for a couple of hours or overnight would make a difference, assuming that it is a little wizened up and, and you know, struggling. And then the main thing is get it in the ground. The sooner the sooner the better. And of course, in the ground is roots down. It's, uh, you, there may or may not be any growth on it. Um, if there is any bit of stem, of course, make sure that's above ground. Put it in a spot where it's full sun, reasonably good soil, uh, well-drained soil is important, um, but daylilies can grow just about anywhere. If they're in lots of sun, you'll get lots of flowers. Daylilies will grow in the shade, but eh, not too much flowering in the shade. But Getting that that uh, Get stalk up in the air uh, above ground is not not backwards. Down. Otherwise, <laughs> Green people in up. China uh, get a big surprise in a couple of months. <laughs> well, then, alrighty, we're off to the phone lines once again, saying hi to Joan in Burlington. Hi, Joan. Good morning, and a very good morning to you. Beautiful sunshine, isn't it? Oh, that's great. Lovely. Now, my question is about cutting down plants. I, I I probably heard this before, and I have forgotten. First of all, the um, oh my my. I've even forgotten the darn name, but oh. it, it grows on the fence and it grows tall. Yes, um, David got the name from you. It was clematis you were wondering about. <laughs> that, that's terrible. I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> Don't worry, it happens to all of us. <laughs> I know. Even the ginkgo biloba doesn't always help. <laughs> <laughs> but we try, right? We try. Okay, so if you've got clematis growing uh, along the fence, the trick is to know what variety. Mm-hmm. Different varieties of clematis are cut down or are pruned differently. Mm-hmm. So it all comes down to when this plant flowers. So when does the clematis flower that you have on your fence? Oh, uh, I believe late spring. Okay, and is it is it the flower Think. that looks like a star? It's a flat flower, kind of star-shaped, traditional? No. No? No. What kind of flower? Oh, God, now you're asking me, because it seems like a long time since I left. It's not in my garden, it's my daughter's garden. Uh-huh. But I was helping her yesterday do gardening, weeding, and, and planting, and it looks so dead. Oh. From, but now, she said in the spring, all she has to do is take out all those dead stuff and, and the new stuff is growing there. Okay, so probably what she has is what we call the summer flower, and usually it's early summer flowering clematis. Okay. And absolutely, we trim them right down. I trim mine right down to about a foot high every mm-hmm. spring. Okay. And what that does is it forces lots of new growth from the root, and all that new growth, all those green you know, stems and leaves, grow up crazy in the spring, you know, another five, six, ten feet of, of stem, and they're covered in flowers by July. So you don't do cut it down now? No, I cut them in the spring. Now, if they're looking really brown and oh, yeah. crispy, it oh, yeah. could be that she has a case of clematis wilt. Oh. And that is a... It, um, is not a good thing. Uh, it, what happens is right in the middle of the summer, for no apparent reason, one or two of the stems will just suddenly wilt. The, and they'll still, everything's all green. And then all of a sudden, you'll see like, uh, you know, a whole stem within the vine. All the leaves start to sag. And then, of course, they slowly but surely get browner and crispier. And there you've got some green and some brown. Sometimes you, the whole plant will, will go down with the wilt. It, it looks like nothing but a bunch of... Dried up. Yeah, so if it's really dried up and brown now, I'd be inclined to, to trim the whole thing down now. And what about my hostas then? Um, hostas I leave alone. I let them just go right back to the earth and don't even worry about them. Next okay. spring they're gone anyway. Because some of them are looking pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, if they're really unsightly, then, then cut them. I'd wait till a good frost, though, before you do any cutting. Okay. Good hard so, frost. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank, thank you, Joan. You. Thanks, Joan. Joan uh, just finished uh, calling uh, the numbers to get to Charlie here at the Garden Show. It is in Toronto, 416-360-0740. 
and then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740, our time. And um, who comes to mind here? Um, the famous actress. Oh, Joan. No, no, I'm the Cal... The Color lilies are Catherine. oh Hepburn yes the color lilies are in bloom and uh, Mike <laughs> is on the line to talk about that hello Mike how you doing very well thank you <laughs> morning Mike hi I enjoy your show immensely every week thank you I've got a potful outside of uh, calla lily mm-hmm. the bell shaped lilies and uh, quite root bound. I think I'm right in this. I, I can't dig them into my garden bed outside for the winter. I have to take them in. Am I correct? Correct. All right. And when I take them in, uh, will I just take the bulbs, divide them, and then uh, keep them in peat moss or something of that nature? Exactly. Um, what I do is I wait, bring them in, obviously uh, dry them off a bit. You can leave them in the pot and just put the pot away in a dark spot if okay. you want. You know, cut them down after the frost. Or, alternatively, take the bulbs out of the soil. And then, yes, it's the main thing is you want them dark and you want them cool. And, yes, just dry peat moss. doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just put them in a brown paper bag full of peat moss and put them in a dark, cool spot. And I usually pot mine up while we still have snow on the ground. So I, I often pot mine up in March so that they are starting to grow and I get flowers sooner that way rather than waiting till June to, to, to plant them. Oh, when I, just one last aspect. Uh, when I have it in the peat moss or vermiculite, mm-hmm. do I, from time to time, spray a light spray of uh, water to keep it moist or, or stay away from that? Well, it, you should be able to leave them dry in the peat moss or the vermiculite, but it's always a good idea to check. If they're starting to get really wizened and, and shrivel up, then, yeah, a little spritz with your spritzer just to add a little bit of moisture. It's easy to have too much moisture, and they will rot. Okay, well, so, listen, thank you very check. much, and you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. You too. Happy thank Thanksgiving to you, Mike, and all those in Scarborough listening in. Uh, you are indeed tuned into AM740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Are you uh, set to go to another question here? Or uh, yes, I think so. Well, I, you, when you said Happy Thanksgiving, uh, you know, it is Happy Thanksgiving. It's also Happy uh, uh, oh, Yom, Yom Kippur. Kippur. That's yeah, right. Day of so, Atonement. Hi, holidays. Oh, yeah, see, you've made your notes there. That's very well, good. Well, certainly have. Yeah. Uh, let me just quickly share one more email with you. Uh, this one is from Karen in Cayuga. She says that she had hollyhock seeds harvested from barren... Uh, Barron, I guess, is a town in Alberta last summer when she was visiting for the first time the old family homestead that dates back to the turn of the 19th century. So what she's done is she's collected some heritage seeds or seeds from heritage plants uh, from the old family homestead. So she's pretty excited about planting these. So she says they're all dried up and she wants to know when to plant them for the next season. So hopefully Karen is listening. She's right to collect, you always collect hollyhock seeds when they're dry, so they've completely matured on the plant. The trick with any seed collecting, particularly when it comes to perennials, or in the case of hollyhocks, they're a biennial, always think, what does nature do? And try and mimic what nature does. So nature, um, those seeds are dried up on the plant, then the seeds drop to the ground at the base of the hollyhocks, basically. If you've collected them yourself, then what you're going to do is you're going to rub to separate the seeds from the husk because they are typically still inside that fruit. Then we sift to remove the chaff, and the chaff, of course, is all that husky outer fruit. Um, Now you've just got some seeds. Now, in nature, we have winter. 
So winter is what's called the stratification or the cool period that will allow those seeds to germinate. If uh, Karen wants to grow these seeds indoors and be all prepared to take them outdoors next spring, then she'll need to stick those seeds into her refrigerator. But first we put them into damp peat moss in a plastic Ziploc bag, and we stick that whole bag into the refrigerator minimum two weeks before those seeds will germinate. Alternatively... Put them outside right now. You know, prepare a seed bed. Nice, you know, reasonably good soil. Don't bury them too deeply. No, right on the surface, actually, is how they would be sowed, because that's how nature would sow them, right on the surface. Mimicking mama nature, yes. That's right. And, uh, of course, winter's coming. That'll all happen. Those seeds should germinate next spring, no problem. No problem. If you're on any kind of a... uh, incline, of course, then a little bit of soil just to hold them from washing away. You are a regular... Uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. You really are. I, <laughs> I feel you. I should put you on a shelf somewhere. But <laughs> Thanks for that. Instead of that, I'll... Close that book, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce, introduce you to Mary Jane, who's calling in from Grimsby. Hello, Mary Jane, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. We have trouble with our uh, Crimson King red maples. Mm-hmm. All the other leaves on the other trees, they, they haven't turned at all, but these have got big black spots mm-hmm. that almost look like they're burnt. Mm-hmm. And the leaves are all curling up and getting crispy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a disease? It's actually two different diseases, I think, you've got going on there. Keep in mind that a crimson king maple is a Norway maple. And Norway maples are very susceptible to a fungal disease called tar spot. So T-A-R, tar spot. It looks like somebody's taking a paintbrush and shaking a bunch of tar from above onto the leaves. So black circles on Norway maple leaves, very common. Uh, It is a fungus that infects the, the leaves of the plant in the spring. We uh-huh. don't see any evidence of that fungus all through the spring and summer, but as summer starts to wane and the um, humidity levels start to go up and uh, darkness starts to extend, the black spots start to show up. And uh, generally speaking, we don't worry that this is a disease that's going to shorten the life of these trees. They've had a full season of photosynthesizing, and for those leaves to get these black spots late in the season is not going to cause any kind of pro- shouldn't cause any kind of a problem to ultimately you know do well, any big damage because they're about 40 years old and we'd hate to lose them oh boy yeah. oh yeah, yeah okay. now the other thing that could be going on with the the curling and the browning early is something that we're seeing quite a lot of this year again on the norway maples is a disease called anthracnose and anthracnose is, uh, so you may have both those things going on. The leaves tend to be smaller on, the, on our trees that have, on our maples that have anthracnose. They also tend to have tip dieback. So the tips of the branches will not have a lot of leaves, but you'll still have lots of leaves lower in the tree. Again, probably will not kill the tree. What I would recommend is two things. Collect the leaves as they drop and remove them from the property so that they're not there to reinfect next spring. Mm -hmm. Number two, next year, think about either hiring an arborist or getting a hold of a a root feeder and consider deep root feeding that plant, those trees. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't had them trimmed in a long, long time, because Norway maples tend to get very dense, uh, the, you know, just dark, dark shade below, and uh, it, they, they overgrow. They, it's, they end up not being very happy if there's just too much 
can, you know, canopy, too many leaves, too many branches, consider having them thinned uh, by a certified arborist so that cleaned up, cleaned out, so a little more sun penetration, a little more air penetration into the center of the plant, it will be a healthy, they will be healthier trees ultimately by having that thinning done to the canopy. Okay, thank okay. you very much. Thank You're you, Mary welcome. Jane. Uh, and uh, is a, a red bud uh, tree the same as a, a, um, the red maple? That uh, no, darling. No. Well, I planted a red bud tree at, at, when we used to own a home in oh, St. Catharines. Oh, very nice tree. And, yeah, and I was so darn proud of it. It was in for about four, four or five years, and uh-huh. really starting to go. We sold the house, and the idiot who bought the house cut it down. I wonder why. Well, cut all, he cut all of the pl- lovely shrubbery that was around the house. I wasn't responsible for any of it other right. than the red butt. And this this guy was a golf character, you know, who wanted his lawn uh, to look like putting green. a putting green. So oh, all that, all those oh. horrible old bushes that had flowers. Oh, no, they had to go. Well, geez, I wanted to give him case. a smack in the back of the head with a two-by-four, I'm telling you. Well, and a redbud is not an inexpensive tree. Its um, proper name is Circus canadensis. It yeah. is a native tree. Uh, typically, even a little one, you know, four or five feet tall when you buy it at a, yeah. at a garden center, is going to run you $70, $80, $100. Yeah. Now, they grow into big, beautiful trees. They have lovely heart-shaped leaves. Yeah. And the yeah. neat thing about redbud is that they get flowers so early in the spring, well before the leaves emerge, but they're tiny, tiny little flowers, and they're attached right to the stems. And you know how sometimes you see Christmas lights that are all wound, particularly in this like urban environments. They'll right. do you know yeah. sort of streetscapes outside the the BIA will have trees, and they'll wrap tiny little mini lights along trees. That's kind of what redbud looks like in the spring. Yeah. Those pink flowers are tight, tight Quite to the to the branches really. and the stems, and oh, they're gorgeous. And St. Catharines is the right perfect climate. Yep. You know, they're a little bit. They never get really huge once you get up to the Toronto area and north. It's a little too cold here. But I'll tell you, I saw one in Chatham that was to die for. I'd never, I just like slammed my brakes on when I saw this <laughs> tree. I was like, what is that? It was huge. I mean, it was like 40 feet tall. It was very wow, old. Outside wow. a farm somewhere in Chatham. It was unbelievable and full bloom. Well, I'm sorry to have stolen some of the time from the listeners oh. there. We will get back to their questions in just a moment here. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin on the air. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm Frank Proctor, your sous chef. Uh, as I say this to Charlie, I'm your sous chef. Yes, yes and I do appreciate all your help. <laughs> no you are, problem And we were whatsoever. just there in that little break. We were just talking about more plants. You know, yes. We're just always learning here. Absolutely. <laughs> I pick up a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Pat in Mississauga on the line with poinsettia in mind. Good morning, Pat. Mm. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Pat. I have, um, I'm a, a balcony gardener, mm-hmm. and I kept my poinsettia from last Christmas, and it's just gorgeous outside on my balcony. Mm-hmm. And I forget the procedure and the times that you have to put it in darkness. It's uh, So it's a lovely green plant right now. It certainly is. Okay. So, um, again, think of what mother, what mother how nature works. Uh-huh. Uh, it's as the days are getting shorter, we are... To, to cause the poinsettia leaves that are currently green to turn red, they need 12 hours of dark and 12 hours of light for, uh, I believe it's six or seven weeks 
Uh, now, for many people, it's hard to give that pure dark with no light at all. So sometimes people will use like a, a closet or a place where they know they aren't going to go into and they'll put the plant in just, you know, as they're going to bed, they'll put the plant to bed in the closet and then 12 hours later, take it out into light. Uh, don't rely on just sort of put leaving it in the living room and the sun goes down and that'll work because street lights and ambient light will affect and you want no light at all. It's going to be pure black, pure dark. Okay. Could I, in my, I, I have to put it in a closet, mm-hmm. could I put a box over it mm-hmm. to make sure that no light gets through? Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just be careful because remember when you break those leaves, you get the white latex, um, you know, uh, bleeding from the leaves. Okay. So just be real careful because they're pretty fragile, those leaves. Make sure you've got a big enough box to okay, go over top great. and not bang it around. And do I water it? Of course. Yep. Okay. Treat it as you've been treating it. Water as necessary. Yep, absolutely. Okay. And make sure it is getting good light when you're giving it light. Just make sure it's pure dark when okay, it's getting its dark. Okay, good. Okay. That's good. I look forward to enjoying right. my point set. That's right. Well, good luck with that. It's okay. always a fun challenge. Happy Thanksgiving to you both. And to Thank you. you very much. Thanks, okay, Pat. bye now. Bye-bye right. now. And Rosanna on the line from Woodbridge. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the show, Rosanna. Thank you. How are you? Just great. Morning. Um, my question, I have a little bit, of, I'm on the ground floor of a condominium and I have a lovely terrace that's surrounded by two walls which are um, flower beds mm-hmm. and I've planted a number of hostas and etc cetera, etc cetera, to make it look pretty mm-hmm. and I've got some peonies and a couple of them were my mother's and a couple of irises but they don't seem to bloom I have one peony this year gave me flowers like this big but the other two I don't know if they're too close together and the irises forget it they've been there for three years and nothing has happened what could i be doing wrong okay tell me about how much sun these plants are getting well not too much the bal- the, the terrace faces east mm-hmm. and i get sun till about and i've got them on the sunny side of the the the, the terrace mm-hmm. till about 1 30 or 2 o'clock then i've got this honking big tree that belongs to my neighbor next door <laughs> that really gives me a lot of shade which right. i don't like but the sun is like a strong east sun okay. in the morning up until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So they're really getting that direct sunlight, right, for a good four or five hours, even though it's morning sun? Well, it's not, well, it's half direct because there's another tree across from me that's kind of giving me shade. But there's a big space between these two trees mm-hmm. that gets really, really hot, and there right. is quite a bit of sun. Okay. I mean, bottom line with both irises and peonies, they should be in what we call full sun. Oh. And the definition of full sun is six hours or more of direct sunlight daily. Mm-hmm. So it, that could be what's causing your problem, is that it's just insufficient light. The other reason why both, uh, particularly peonies, but irises as well, will not, they will fail to flower, is because they've been planted too deep. So they, oh. both of them need to be planted almost right on the surface of the soil. Very, very high. You know, we just don't bury them down like you would bury a potato. They go right up so that the buds, whether it's an iris, tuber, or a peony, they're literally the buds are just right at the surface. That's probably what it is. So try that first. And because you may, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, many plants will, will cope. They'll just flower anyway. And they'll get used to having less sun than, than what is ideal. Right. But, but, you know, if you're getting a good two or three hours of direct sunlight, I would, be, I would expect them to flower somewhat. 
Should, so, I, should I dig them up and replant them now, or I should would. I wait till the spring? Nope. If you do it in the spring, you'll definitely not get flowers. So do so, it now in an effort to get flowers next spring. Okay, so before I cut everything down, before winter sits in, I can do that. Yep, yeah, and actually, uh, you'll find it easier to deal with the peony to, to cut it down first and then raise it, just because it's hard, a little tricky to yeah. deal with, with with a ton of leaves on it. And I, I like to have a good hard frost, if you can, first on the peony before you cut it down. But, you know, if you need to do it this weekend because the weather's great, just do it this weekend anyway. I will. I've got a hosta there that I'm just looking at now that I may move because that's in full sun right now. There you go. And I may move that peony over. Perfect. Sounds oh, you're, brilliant. You're, thank you so much and have a happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to you, your family. Thank, thank you, you Rosanna, for, for providing uh, the, the best audible eureka moment. <laughs> uh, I loved your gasp when uh, I think you've buried it too deep. Ah, <gasps> uh, yes, that's it. <laughs> and that's great too, yeah. to be able to swap uh, that brighter spot with a hosta yeah. and put it in the lower light. Perfect. There you are. And here we are at uh, our break time, and uh, she's uh, break dancing next to me. That that is uh, Charlie Dobbin doing the. Well, it looked like the Hawaiian luau sort of thing. Yes, well, you know, multi talented. You are. I I would say so. Uh, yeah, speaking of multi talented, Dave Gaskin, man, he's a pian- He's a pianist, like amazing. Yep, I heard about here. Yeah, you know, I had grand just heard piano him today in the, the first uh, time in the concert lobby there. Wow, multi talented. Uh, so if if you you know, and I'm just again thinking about whether we're Hawaiian dancing or playing the piano or gardening. You want you want to be active. You want to be pain free. Sierra Sil can help if you have any kind of joint pain, whether it's knees or hips or hands or wrists. Both Frank and I take Sierra Sil to to remain as active as we possibly can. Uh, it is available over the phone. It's available via the web, or it's available in any good health food store. Uh, the Peanut Mill in St. Catharines mm-hmm. carries Sierra Sil, as does Whole Foods everywhere. I don't know. I can't afford to shop in Whole Foods myself. But um, <laughs> goodness me, that's a great little store in Hamilton. I used to do a radio show in Hamilton. And Janet, the owner of Goodness Me, had the show before me. Uh, she used to do a, a healthy healthy show followed by the gardening show. As opposed so, to a sick show, which I do. Yes. yes. Exactly. And mm. well, as opposed to Marilyn, who's here before us. And yes. she does, you know, from a woman's Wardrobe perspective. Doctor. That's right. She always gives me a hard time because I'm just... I need help. <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> Bottom line, for more information about Sierra Sill, give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 And don't, it doesn't matter what Marilyn says, I think your jumpsuit is just terrific. <laughs> the we'll, yeah, we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> there are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. I'm almost, I'm almost convincing myself to sing... Hey, Jude. <laughs> almost. Oh, almost. Uh, Jude in Cambridge on the line. About <laughs> oh. water lilies. Hi, Jude. Hi there. I should have expected that one. I uh, guess. <laughs> From Frank, yeah. Yeah, I get that quite often. I'll bet you. Uh, good morning, both of you. Good morning. Um, yeah, I have um, a water lily. Mm-hmm. And I was... My pond is not very deep. Mm-hmm. I wonder, uh, could you tell me, I don't know much about them, um, do how deep does the pond have to be to leave them out over the winter? About three feet. Three feet. How deep is your pond? It's, I don't think it's three feet. Can they be brought in and put in water in the house? No, no, let them go dormant. Oh. Um, you know what I do with my water plants? I have a... Um, don't even have a real pond. I just have an above-ground water feature that mm-hmm. I empty and hang up in the garage every winter. So with the water plants, I bury them in my garden. 
once it's cold enough, once you know it's cold enough, they just go dormant. I bury them, pot and all, into the garden. And oh. you could do the same with your water lilies once it's cold enough. The the fear is if you leave them in the pond and the pond freezes solid right to the bottom, the lilies could die. It did. My last one did, and that's why I'm wondering about whether I could bring this in and and perhaps put it in water in the basement sort of thing. Well, you could. Sometimes people do that. They convert a whole bathtub into a into yeah. a water garden for the winter. Like if the fish, for example, uh, you know, if the pond might freeze solid. Yeah, I bring my fish in and bring, put them in a tank. That's right. Could you put the... I guess you don't want to put, try and put the water lily in the tank no, with the fish. No, it kind of mucks up the tank. Yeah. So um, you, you're right. You know, you could just ha- get a, um, you know, a deep enough whatever, sort of a Rubbermaid container, mm-hmm. and, uh, and bring the water, li- water lily in and keep it, uh, keep it going there. And it's been a while since I read up on water lilies. So you know what I'll do? Let me um, report back first thing, top of the show next week. Okay. Because I know there's options there. One is to keep the water lily going. Mm-hmm. The other would be to enforce some dormancy on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bringing it in being the best way to ensure that it does stay alive. Okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll report back on um, uh, options for you next week. I'd appreciate week. that. Okie doke. Thank you, and have a good Thanksgiving. Thank, Thank you, you very too. much, Shoot. Na, 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 <laughs> oh, na, na. Well, I, I'm doing that because I want to give a little plug to the diner. The first song that's going to be out of the gate is a holdover from last week where, you know, our listeners choose the music. Yes. The No-No Song by Ringo Starr ah. will be on. It's been a long time since I've heard that. No kidding. So I'm looking forward to my own show. Uh, well, I am <laughs> well, too now. Oh, well, I better stick Gosh, with you. I'll yes, be okay. tuning in. <laughs> Val in Guildwood's on the line. Hello, Val. Good morning. I just went out and picked you a lovely leaf from my Norway maple. Charlie, is three black spots mm-hmm. and one brown, but that's normal, right? Yeah. Well, it's pretty common. Pretty common. Tar, tar spot really only, uh, we started seeing it about five or six years ago, and now we seem to be seeing it like every every yeah. season. It's a healthy tree, but the, yeah. the leaves are quite ugly. But anyway, just wanted to ask you about my sweet potato vine. Mm-hmm. Shall I bring it in, or what will I do? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, you... uh, it's beautiful, it's, but it, right now it's quite happy because it's still warm. Here, of course. You know? Well, it will die in the frost. Yeah. So if you want to keep it alive, you will need to bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah. Now, of course, it's probably a huge plant. Yeah. Uh, so don't hesitate to cut it back when you cut bring it, it in. Back. And put it in lots of sun. Right. And allow it to... It, it, you won't get a lot of growth out of it this well, winter. Well, I could put it and make it dormant if that's easier. Um, well, that's right. I think you'll find that it will naturally tend to slow right down anyway. So be careful with your watering. Only water as required. I see. Okay. And if you're really hungry, you can always eat it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For Thanksgiving. Exactly. <laughs> Have a good holiday. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Thank you very much. Uh, we have time for one more call here. And it's Elizabeth. Do we? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the clock and saying, yes, we do. Okay. Elizabeth in <laughs> Hamilton. Hello there. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. I'm, I'm calling uh, regarding an azalea plant that my daughter gave me at Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful and it has been grown to look like a small tree. Oh, the nice. The stalk is about a foot high and then the beautiful big flower was on top. Mm-hmm. It all died, like the flowers all died, mm-hmm. and actually the leaves all died. Mm-hmm. But I kept feeding it and taking care of it, and now I have a beautiful tree of leaves. Mm-hmm. Great. And uh, it's been like that for a couple of months, but I'm not getting any flowers. <clears throat> Did you put it outside for the summer, or was it inside? It was outside for the summer in a pot. Okay. And I, I 
um, brought it in. I brought it in now, but I put it out on a warm day like it's been the last couple of days. Perfect. I, I went to our local um, um, nursery, uh-huh. and they uh, told me I should give it aluminum sulfur. M- aluminum sulfate. Sulfate. Um, sulfate. And uh, so they uh, I, they only had it in one size, which two kil- uh, yes, kilograms. Yes, big and quantity. told me to put uh, three teaspoons in a liter of water okay. and pour it, put it on. So you I, d- I had also been using miracle Grow okay. before that. Okay. And uh, will I ever get flowers? Oh, I think you'll be surprised, actually. If it's been outside and it's beautiful and green right now... It's lovely. Then you know, it, I actually anticipate that you're going to call me in about three weeks and say, guess what? It's covered in flowers. Really? If you look closely, you may even see buds right now. It, right on the tips is where the buds will form. Yes. The, of course, a leaf bud and a flower bud are slightly different because the flower bud is a rounder bud. Yes. And if you've been caring for it as well as it's sounds like you have it is either setting buds it either has buds on it now or it's in the process of setting buds because this is exactly what it will do now shall i continue with miracle grow sure and then oh also the um aluminum sulfate yeah that i wouldn't you might yeah frank gets this look on his face because he's i think he's worried that you're hurting it azaleas are acid loving plants Mm -hmm. and the aluminum sulfate is helping to lower the ph which is fine um i Personally, probably wouldn't. I mean, you're being, you're doing a really good job. I would probably just get the fertilizer that is designed for acid-loving plants, oh. uh, and it has sulfur in it, oh. and it helps keep the pH low. But you already own the aluminum sulfate, and you own the the Miracle Grow. Carry on with what you're doing, but do do let the plants have a rest from fertilizer once it finishes flowering, yeah. and then start fertilizing again next spring. Okay. Okay. Now this- um, what Elizabeth, I've been doing is, is putting it on separately. That's fine. Like one week uh, when I watered, I'd put on the one, and the next yep. week the other. Not a problem. Keep yep. doing that. I'm Thanks, sure Elizabeth. we've run out of racetrack. Okay. Gotta go. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And you too. News time approaches with Paul, yes, and then the does. guys are here with the Dave's Corner Garage. But hey, just quickly, uh, very happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You get home. Lots of turkey, lots Start of Start making pie, those pies. And whip those boys in a shape. Yes. Shake, and have a great show later on. Thanks, Thank you, Dave. David. See everybody next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.